Happy National Hot Tea Month, everyone. This is Ricardo, and here's the warm, comforting mug of offerings you can listen to in the Popping Collars feed in January 2022. The Popping Collars crew goes back for a refill of our favorite music videos this month. Did we miss your favorite last year? See if we give it a shout out this time around. Speaking of music, we have brewed up a new side project for 2022. Check out the first episode of the PC Music Diary, where one of the Popping Collars hosts dives deep into a meaningful song. This month, Greg talks about Cherub Rock by the Smashing Pumpkins. Going On 30 is stirring things up again with a new set of movies for 2022. Betsy and Greg kick things off with the Coen brothers' Barton Fink. Dan Jocelyn Simatowski is sweetening things up for a new Sacred Six. He and Greg are talking about historic moments from the national pastime Major League Baseball through the lens of sacramental theology. They lead off with a conversation about the baptism of a new America when Jackie Robinson integrated the game. Finally, don't miss Tea Time with the PC Book Club this month. Liz and I share the New York Times Top 10 of 2021 and our brand new recommendations for the year. Pull up a chair, grab a scone, and don't forget to keep those pinkies out and those collars pop. Once was a boy, but you've got to know in order for the story to make sense is that the boy was a big nerd growing up and not in a cool nerd way. No, he was a straight up loser, a geek, a dweeb who nobody wanted to hang out with. And when you grow up that way, you still think of yourself that way. Even when things change, even when you grow into your personality and you make friends and you gain some life perspective, there's still that soft, small voice in the back of your mind that whispers, no one likes you. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you have to know this information about this boy in order to understand how crazy the next part is. One day when the boy was a junior in high school, he was hanging out in a parking lot with a group of stoners. And all of a sudden, a girl grabbed him by the arm, pulled him into the passenger seat of her patchouli-scented car, and told him to listen to this. was shy as a kid. I'm sorry, he's just shy. Come on, buddy, say hello. 
The boy thought he was funny when he first started school, but around fourth grade was when he realized he was being laughed at. His Coke bottle glasses, his skinny, awkward frame, his inability to speak up for himself. And then the boy was in middle school, and things got worse. The taunting became vicious. His difference became a threat. He wouldn't eat lunch with the other kids because he was afraid of the teasing he would get while sitting by himself in the cafeteria. Instead, he would just pocket his lunch money and hide on a bench in the commons area. He was just so afraid. The boy had never heard of the Smashing Pumpkins. That band was nowhere near his world, not even close. Top 40, yes. Garth Brooks, yes. College rock? No. Left of the dial? No. Metal, gangster rap, alternative? No, no, no. Which is a shame because Billy Corgan probably had something to say to this little boy about the fear and shame that he felt. All those angels with their wings glued on. Deep down, they're frightened and they're scared if you don't stare. And so the boy made it to high school with a head and heart full of fear. Not wanting to go back to his world of isolation, he made the decision to run from the life that he knew. He ran. He ran from his problems by begging his parents to transfer him from his longtime school district to another high school 30 minutes away. He had no idea what he was running towards, but he knew what he was running from. He was running from the shy kid, the mocked kid, the kid who was called a nerd, the kid who skipped lunch and failed classes and lived a life perpetually scared. He didn't care about running into a mystery if it meant running from his own fears and insecurities. Let me out. And that's how the boy had two great years in life before he turned 18. Most of the previous 16 were not great, but those last two, those were pretty good. He got a reset button when he transferred schools. He got a chance to reinvent who he was, who he could hang out with, what he liked. And one of those new experiences for that boy was sitting in this car in a high school parking lot, listening to the pumpkins give voice to their frustrations with the music industry. The fake, trend-chasing nature of early 90s record labels. 
surrounded by people he would have never thought he would ever call friends. He took a deep, patchouli-filled breath, stared at the clouds in the afternoon sky, and felt like he was finally free. When I think about my spiritual journey, I think about this idea of freedom a lot. I mean, the regular old churchy stuff, freedom from sin, death, etc. But honestly, honestly, the freedom from expectation, freedom to just be. It never fails to amaze me how much of some people's lives are about managing the likes, desires, and experiences of other people's lives. The core of Cherub Rock screaming, get off my back, is universal. And I think it's the tension that gets played with when it comes to religion. Control versus liberation. Living under the thumb of rules and expectations versus actively becoming the person you're called to be. Smashing Pumpkins are bound to a music industry and, if they want to be successful, have to work within the confines of their context and genre. But for a band that has a host of stressors, there are moments in Siamese Dream where they seem to transcend all of that and find real peace in their music. I mean, yeah, eventually Billy Corgan is going to get fed up with all of this and scream... Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. But here, he feels oddly hopeful in his frustration. Smashing Pumpkins played Saturday Night Live shortly after I was introduced to track one of Siamese Dream. It was great. I know now that Billy Corgan probably always had a grudge with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and the other Seattle bands. Here, the Smashing Pumpkins had this great record that really wasn't anything like the punk-influenced style of grunge. And it got swept up into that whole whirlwind of mid-90s alternative rock. And still there's something that feels let out in those two SNL spots. Like Billy is exercising some of those demons, breaking free from some of those corporate music bonds. But real life always breaks in. It's something that Corrigan seems to understand when he later sings Life's a Bummer. When you're a Hummer. Cherub Rock didn't save my life, but it's the song that always marks a transition point for me when I realized that my fear wasn't going to control my life, that I was going to be my kind of cool, whatever that was, that I was going to like what I liked. 
The people who were going to like me were the people who were going to like me. I get discouraged when I see other societal desire for group approval in the current social landscape. I mean, honestly, who gives a crap? Like how many likes your pithy sentence or a picture of food gets from the wider world? I like what I like. You like what you like. Billy Corgan should like what he likes in Cherub Rock. Not conform to what the music industry tells him he's supposed to be like. To be fair, Billy Corgan's currently running a professional wrestling promotion, so he probably took all of this to heart in a big, bad way. But there are many people who would probably call him a loser. And that's fine. I mean, even the losers get lucky sometimes. Because what I've learned is that losers have nothing to fear. (laughs) 